This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Theory. Welcome to High Theory. In this podcast, we get high on the substance of theory. I'm Sharonik Boshu. And I'm Kim Adams. We are two tired academics trying to save critique from itself. Today, I am speaking with Laura Portwood Stacer about book proposals. Laura, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. So I am a consultant for academic authors. I started my own business as a developmental editor about six years ago and helped many people publish their books and have more recently shifted to helping people specifically with academic book proposals. So I do consulting on that and I run a couple online programs where I have helped hundreds of people get closer to their goal of publishing a book. And you have a book out yourself, which is about book proposals. Yes, I have recently this summer published a book with Princeton University Press called The Book Proposal Book. And it is just what it sounds like. It is a how-to guide to writing an outstanding book proposal. Okay, so then tell us, what the heck is a book proposal? Yeah, so a book proposal is a document that essentially sells your book project to a publisher. It helps them understand why your project is a good investment for them. So I like to think of it not just as a document, but as a tool, because it has that very concrete purpose. It's not, you know, really there for you to kind of wax poetic about your research interests. It's there for you to explain those interests to other people in a way that makes them understand why even more other people will want to read about them. It kind of sounds like a trebuchet to me. <laughs> like it's going to like, like the, it's the mechanism ah. that's going to like fling your book over the wall. Yes. I bet, you know, yeah. that makes sense because I do think people feel like a book proposal is like a shot in the dark a little bit. Like I'm just going <laughs> to fling this out and see if anyone likes it. But I really do want to help people think of it as something that can work for you. You can be really intentional mm-hmm. about it. You can understand how it will work within the publisher and then Hopefully, it feels less like just a a shot that goes off randomly. 
I feel like there's another way to answer this question that maybe gets at more of what you do on a sort of day-to-day basis and helping authors clarify their stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about the structure of a book proposal or like the mechanics of how one might go about beginning to write one? Yeah. So every book proposal has some key components and they differ a bit between academic proposals and just like nonfiction trade proposals. But most academic book proposals will have nine main components. They'll have a working title, a project description, a description of the intended audience, the comparable books, the books you see yourself as being in conversation with, with your book, a table of contents and chapter summaries, and then just like specs about the manuscript, like how long it is, how many images you want in your book, some status information. Is it done yet? When will it be done? How much of it is done now and could be sent out for peer review? Information about yourself as an author. Sometimes in publishing, that's called a platform, which is kind of a scary word, but it's basically your capacity to reach people who might be interested in this topic. And then your writing sample. So that's the basic structure of it. And so if you can get clear on all of those things, some of which you might have never even thought about before, yeah, you'll have a pretty solid understanding of what this book is going to be and how long it's going to take you to write it. And I think it will clarify for you whether you want to invest any more time in this plan you've laid out for yourself and for a publisher. And I will say, having done one of your workshops, that the comparable books stuff was surprisingly difficult. Yeah. Yeah. The comparable book section is the most, I think, misunderstood or misinterpreted by academic authors because we're so accustomed in academia to situating ourselves in the literature, which is a different thing than situating yourself or your project in the market. Yeah. It's really about recent books that people are buying right now or will be buying next year or the year after that. And understanding how you're participating in like an alive conversation. Yeah. Even if your topic is not like in the present, it's still a conversation that is happening in the present. So you have to be able to position yourself as participating in that. Yeah. And nobody cares if you read the seminal essay that was written in 1952 no. on your topic. Like, I mean, people care, the peer reviewers care, but yeah. that's not what the comparable books is. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds like the first question is kind of part and parcel with the second. Yes. How do I use a book proposal? Yeah. So first, like I said, in an answer to the first question, you use it to make your project legible and appealing to a publisher. But I think you could also use it for yourself. The book proposal has a very formulaic structure, which I think can actually be really useful for helping you come to clarity about what it is you're doing in your research and your writing, which often does not feel structured or directional or concrete at all. Yeah. So that's why I kind of love the book proposal as a thing you can use to focus yourself and understand what is this book about? Who am I trying to talk to with it? I've written this description of this book. Is that a book I actually want to write? Do I want to sink years of my life into working on this book? So it can be a really clarifying exercise, I think, to use the proposal in that way. It's a tool for you as a writer 
to like understand what you're doing, but it's also a tool for like reaching readers. Yes. Yeah. I call them in the book proposal book, I call them preliminary readers, the people at the publisher who will read your book proposal and like the peer reviewers and the editorial board and all those people. And then they're the ones who then help you reach all the rest of the readers who you hope will encounter your book. I wonder if you might tell us a little bit about the relationship between a book proposal and something like publishing as an industry or like the book market. Yeah. So this is maybe something that's not very palatable to academics as a rule. I don't know. But a book proposal, it is a marketing document. That's what it is. It's explaining why your book will fit in what is being demanded by readers or what is interesting to readers. And it's not necessarily, you know, because we're talking about scholarly publishing, it's not about saying like, my book will sell 10,000 copies, but it is about saying there are readers out there who will buy this book or who will want their library to buy it because publishers do exist to connect books with readers. They don't exist just to print books. So that's why the readership is really important. And so market is like a proxy for readership, I guess. And I think hopefully even academics want readers, even if they don't want to really think about the money side of it. Yeah, although like the money is real, right? It comes from somewhere, it goes to somewhere. Yes. Like it's not, it's not monopoly money. Yeah, I mean, it costs tens of thousands of dollars to publish an academic book. And if you're with you know, a university press or some other kind of not-for-profit publisher, they're not necessarily looking to get a lot of their money back, but they have to cover their costs to stay solvent. Hmm. So they do care that there are enough readers to make back at least some of what they've invested in the book. This seems like a weird moment to transition to our last question, but maybe a real one. How will book proposals save the world? You know, I am not very romantic about writing or publishing um, or academia or really anything. Um, So I don't really necessarily think books will save the world and therefore book proposals will save the world. But I do think at a much smaller scale, books can also be tools that are useful to authors and to readers. They might help your career. They might help you get out of bed in the morning to just write about something you care about, or they might help you get out there and connect with people who care about the same thing you do. And some of those people might be people who work at a publisher. So I think a book proposal can, if not save you, it can help you. It feels funny because so much of what we do on this podcast is interview academics about their research. And I think on some deep level, the story you're telling in every research project is that this thing I discovered is either going to destroy the world or is going to save the world, right? Yeah. But I feel like there is something deeply romantic in that impetus. Yeah. I mean, I talked to an acquisitions editor toward the beginning of the pandemic. It was actually, it was a Q&A and one of the authors was looking for some reassurance, like, well, why should we keep going? Why should we even be doing this like in these times? And the editor, you know, to her credit was kind of romantic about books and 
book proposals and was like, we need your books. Your books will save the world. What you're writing about is important. And I can't say I'm there, but (laughs) I do think there are people out there who feel that way. But I also think the sort of like realist attitude that you have and that you bring to this like uh, terrifying and like deeply romanticized process, that no nonsense, like this is a market, this is a marketing document, like you are competent, just do the damn thing. I feel like that is the attitude of someone who's actually going to save the world when the crisis comes. (laughs) Maybe so. Maybe like so. when the apocalypse comes, I'm going to call you up and like ask you to come help me find water. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that to maybe it's a failing in some ways and it's an asset in other ways, but I am just a nuts and bolts concrete person. You want to do this? Great. Here's how you get it done. If you don't want to do it, I understand. That's fine too. Cool. Thank you for coming and talking to us. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to High Theory. If you like our podcast, please review and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Patreon, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Sharonik Bosu manages our social media presence. Owen Quinn composes our theme music, and Kim Adams and Sharonik Bosu edit our audio. You can also find us at hightheory.net. We hope you have a highly theoretical day.